Get ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM. Hey, you just got Daryl rolling his solo tonight. But hey, what's wrong with the NFL? What's really happening with the National Football League? And hey, before we go any further, oh my God, we just have to take a moment and send our prayers and thoughts out to what's happened in Las Vegas. My God, man. Our prayers and sympathy from Sports Info truly go out to um, everyone that's been affected. And by just watching it on television, you're affected. And, you know, it's just so horrific to think that we in America still allow people to go to a gun show at an armory or some high school gymnasium, maybe not a high school gym, but somewhere not too far from where I live at in Florida and buy a gun like that and say you're going to hunt a deer or you're going to hunt an elk in Georgia or South Carolina or wherever, but you need a gun that can shoot a hundred times in less than a minute. My God, something has to be done about this. And I hate to even thought about this, to think that we have more people die in that state in one instant than some countries have died in a whole entire year. Oh, my God. Because they don't allow people to walk in a pawn shop or some local gun fair. And I just saw a sign on the side of I-95, not far from where I live at, publicizing. A gun fair, a gun show. They don't call it a gun show. Um, I'm not even going to name where it was because it might make bring that city down. But anyway, it, these things happen on a regular basis. And you could go there and buy one of these kind of guns and modify it with a kit that you can buy from the Internet and make these things shoot this many times and bring so much devastation to humans. Oh, my God. We have to do something about this gun sales in America. I mean, as Americans, as much as we love our country, I just don't think that that's what our First Amendment is, is is about that. Hey, we have Ray Bellamy on the line. Ray, what's going on? Hello? Ray, what's happening? How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. I really appreciate having an opportunity to chat with you. Man, I really appreciate having you on our show, Ray. I really do. You know, um, you know, uh, and then must, at first I must introduce you. And Ray, um, thanks again for being a part of our show tonight. And ladies and gentlemen, we have Ray Bellamy on our show tonight. And Ray not only is a, is a, a, uni- a University of Miami alumnus like myself, Ray is actually the first African-American to receive a scholarship in the southeastern part of the United States. You know, now, Ray, that's saying a lot, especially going through the trying times that, um, that we're going through right now. 
in our, in our state. And I thought about so many questions that I wanted to ask you, man. And, um, you know, and not only is not only is Ray Bellamy a graduate of University of Miami with a, a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, Ray currently right now works at FAMU University as a um, as a professor and an, um, and an advisor. Ray, is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Ray, thank you again for being a part of our show and being on the Sports Info Show. Thank you for having me, and I hope that uh, in the process of having a chance to express ourselves about many different issues that I can help. You know, Ray, I, I, I know you can help me by because you've already helped me every time I've ever talked to you. I've, I've left away. I've left uh, feeling a better man and better informed. And I truly and I want to thank you for that before we go any further. Hey, but Ray, you know, um, I, I you know, I, when I've asked you this before about being on uh, the first African-American to play for the University of Miami, you know, um, you made it clear that, you know, that that was not the main thing with you. At that time, you know, what tell tell us tell us how things were because I, I was my first question is I was born in 1964, and I would imagine in 1964 you were just entering high school around ninth grade maybe. Yes, yes, right around that area, eighth ninth grade, uh huh. Yeah, and and you're from um, um, Bradenton, Florida. Actually, actually, from a little small town, it's a mile away from Bradenton. It's called Palmetto, Florida. Palmetto, uh, Florida. PA, right, right. It's uh, Palmetto, Florida, which is uh, about uh, forty miles on the south west side of Tampa. Yeah, Ray. How was how were things in nineteen sixty four for you entering entering in high school? Um, you went to Palmetto High School. Was that an all-black high school? Well, I went to Lincoln Memorial High School, and okay. it was a, it was segregation. It was an all-black high school. We had all-black uh, football players, all-black teachers, all-black cheerleaders, all-black everything, and um, we uh, played all the black schools. We never played a white school. It was segregation, as I said earlier. And we played only black schools, and uh, the top line athletes uh, within the black communities that was uh, fortunate enough to make, and I say fortunate enough to make the high school football team, because let me tell you, competition was steep, and it was a lot of great athletes, and you had to really put on your A game in order to be able to compete. So somehow uh, we were able to uh, put together a great program. As a matter of fact, Henry Lawrence that played for the Raiders for so many years, he was on that ball club. Actually, when I when I started out, I was a, a, a defensive end. A lot of people don't know that, but I was an all-state defensive end. And that was the only way I could get on the field because we had guys that ran so fast and were so talented. Well, back to Henry Lawrence, he was on that ball club, but Henry played behind me. Henry couldn't get on the field at that time because it was so many great athletes. And so we had to compete like crazy. And at that time, the only schools really that you had an opportunity to go to and have a chance to compete uh, was Florida A&M University or some other historically black institution. So the competition was steep. 
And the opportunities were very, 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 very rare. So it was really uh, a time to to really be at your best and fight like crazy and be one of the select chosen ones to have an opportunity to further your education. Wow. And, and Ray, um, you know, I, 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 we all definitely want to have an opportunity to further our education. But when, when you say you had a, a school that was all black, all black teachers, all black everything, um, so how many times do you think in a day in 1960, in, in the 1964, 5, 6, and 7 while you were in high school, would you say you enc- actually encountered a white person? I didn't. Not not as far as in school or on the athletic field. It didn't happen. Uh, what it was is like uh, we had an opportunity to compete, but we was competing against each other. And at that time, of course, Florida A&M was the mothership and still is. And it made a great contribution toward trying to savage and save many young black males' lives. And giving them an opportunity. And a lot of times when you were receiving some type of aid to go to school at Florida A&M, there wasn't always a full scholarship. A lot of times it was partial scholarships because, and I hate saying this, but it's just the truth. There were a lot of uh, schools, historically black institutions, that was underfunded. They just did not give them the money and the resources in order that we might be able to reach out and help more kids in our community. So we had to be very select. And when I say we, I'm talking about the black families and the black institutions and the others that was concerned about trying to further their education and then who can compete and at the same time cut it in the classroom. Right. You know, Ray, man... Man, I, I love you so much, Ray, and I'm telling you, I want some of these people in America and across the world to hear what you're saying because these are the same things that I constantly preach on our show. If you get a scholarship to a college, I don't care if it's Jacksonville University in Jacksonville, Florida, or that one Jacksonville State in Jacksonville, in, in Georgia, if you get a scholarship to FIU, when you leave there in three, four, or five years, Make sure you have some paper underneath your arm so you have an opportunity in this big, giant America that we live in. Not just the world, America that we live in. Hey, hey Ray, we got Red on hold, man. He want to holler at you. Red, how's it going? How's everything, Daryl? Thanks for having me. Hey, it's going beautiful, man. We have Ray Bellamy on our show tonight. Ray's the first athlete to receive an athletic scholarship to the, a university in the southeastern part of America. And uh, wow. actually, it was a football scholarship to the University of Miami. And Ray, hey. Wow. And, Ray, and actually, Ray is a University of Miami Hall of Famer and the state of Florida Hall of Famer. I was just about to ask you, one of your alumni. Yes, he's an alumnus. Yep. Tell Ray hello. Hey, was always glad. Always nice to meet you, uh, uh, man. No no joke, man. Yep, this is Mr. Bell. Well, hey, Ray, it's my pleasure. I, I, uh, I tell you. One of the things that I used to tell Mr. Oliver when we have a chance to speak is like I, those guys, those young black males that attended and partake in what we was trying to do in order to build a great program at the University of Miami. Man, those guys made me so proud. It, it, it wasn't easy. A lot of times when I used to play the game, uh, hell, I run a touchdown and I look around for a flag. 
because yeah. they got to find some reason to call it back. Right. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I went through that. And then the other thing that stands out in my mind is like a lot of times when I was playing back when I was the only black athlete, uh, they used to hit me after the play was over. Sometimes I, I used to run a touchdown and I'd be in the end zone and the ref would know, throw it up his hand out around touchdowns, and then all of a sudden I get hit. Oh wow! <laughs> and, um, and 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 I remember those things. But That's you know the funny, most really. amazing thing is like as time passed and the black athlete began to come to the University of Miami, uh, that had to stop. I can remember one day we was in practice at the University of Miami, and this is when Burgess Owens and uh, Chuck Foreman and Reuben Carter. And, uh, Ron Proctor, Henry Radford, Herb Scott, all these guys. Uh, we just got a, a, a few. We had 12 black athletes on the ball club at that time. And and they were there. And this guy hit me after the play was over. And Burgess Owens said to him, oh, so that's how you do it, huh? You will run into people after the play is over. So, okay, well, I'll show you how to do that. I'm going to run into you when the play is over. And that was the greatest thing. That could have happened because all of a sudden they couldn't not just run into me anymore. I had someone out there that was saying, that's wrong, and we're not going to tolerate you doing that to him. And, uh, you know, I I used to watch you guys as y'all played at the University of Miami and then others that played all over the country. And I used to be rooting that you do the right thing and be outstanding not just as an athlete, but also as a student and as a citizen. And 99% of the time, the student black athlete has made me proud and have stepped up to the plate and done the right thing. You know, Tom Sullivan, who's a running back who played for the Eagles, was the first, uh, the second black athlete at the University of Miami to play football. Now, we had another guy that came in, but he was a basketball player. His name was Willie Allen, and he was the only black on the basketball team. But suddenly came my second year, and he was there. As a matter of fact, I helped the university recruit him. And guys like that, they came in, and they came in that was super athletes. And I just want to tell you, everybody talk about what I did, but you guys made me so proud, and sometimes I used to just, Watch you guys do what you do, especially during the day when we was winning the national championships and pushing people around on the field. And I cried. I cried not because I was hurt, just because it was so heartwarming and the sensitivity of it all for the university to have grown like it had grown and for the kids to come in there, those young black athletes, and make the contribution that they made to America. Forget football on the yeah, college right. level. The contribution that they made to this country. Yeah, I agree, Ray. Yeah, and I mean, it has been some tremendous athletes that have come through there. And I don't even want to start naming names because the list goes on and on and on. And I mean, these guys... They've come. They've they've become really productive citizens in our community, you know. And I and, and, and you know, and I came from an era rated. I don't I don't necessarily even talk black and white because I got some white guys that have been on my team and been a, been a part of my life that are just as important as anybody in my life. So, but I, I really know 
where you coming from and um and um I, I, I just it's it's so heartwarming to hear it come from you and to see how far this program has come and um hey We've, we've come a long way, and we're still doing a lot of great things down there at the University of Miami. Hey, Ray, you have any questions for um, uh, Mr. Ray Bellamy? No, man. It was just cool just listening to him, man, taking in knowledge. You know what I mean? Hey, I, we really appreciate you calling, um, Red. And, um, um, and, and Rock, um, Red, I know, you, I know you're so, you know, you're very happy yesterday that the Buccaneers no, no, came no. for I'm, you. I'm all right. We rusty. We rusty, but, uh, I mean, I'm all right. I'm happy with the win. You know, I ain't frying no chicken yet. You know, we ain't there yet. And, and, and you know, Red, <laughs> i tell you this. The, the progress of that Jameis Winston, he has, he, he's come a long way. I mean, really, he has come a long way from the, the person that we, everybody wanted him to be at Tallah- in Tallahassee to now he's throwing sidearm, making smart decisions. He's a, he's a truly a, a, a power. He, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the, in the NFL. I give him that. He's in the top 10 in my category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're coming close. We're missing a lot of touchdowns, man. I mean, we, we should have had like 40, at least at, at least 35, 40 points yesterday. I mean, if you watch that game. Yeah. You know, kicker left seven points out there. We had to get off the field on third down twice because of bad snaps. You know what I mean? That happened twice. You know? Well, so, I mean, they should have had a lot more points than they did yesterday. That shouldn't have been no nail-biter. I should have been drinking the way I was just to get through the game. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that um, the Buccaneers are putting you through that. Yeah. Hey, you know what, Red, I want to intervene. I want to say that uh, you guys are talking, and you're talking, and it's a normal flow, and you really are committed to being concerned about what was going on and proud of the things that happened around you. But I want to tell you something. I'm really proud of the fact about the contribution that you all have made. And when you start talking Jamie Winston, even though, God bless his soul, he went to Florida State, but we won't hold that against him. We won't. I want to say that that's a true example of the progress that has been made, uh, in particular with the black athlete. And people haven't said what we couldn't do, and we had to go out and prove that that's not true. We can do. Jamie yeah. Winston is living proof that the black athlete can get the job done. And, you know, when you talk about Russell at Seattle, and I can go on and name yeah. I, at Dallas, there was a time when they alleged the that the black out, athlete that could not do that. that you exactly. That, Yep. Hey, Red, thanks for calling, man. We're here every Monday night on the Sports Info Show on VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with more Ray Bellamy, University of Miami, and a lot of his stories from the 60s into the 70s. We'll be right back after these messages. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, 
and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're talking Western Ambush this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, taking a closer look at all the amazing big game hunting opportunities found in the Western states. Joining us is Jason Matzinger, host of Into High Country, Jill Gector from Cinch Jeans, Dean Capuano of Sawarski Optic Quest, and Freddie Hartice of Hollywood Hunter. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info. Hey, tonight we have Ray Bellamy on the show. Um, Ray is a University of Miami graduate. First African-American to receive a scholarship to the University of Miami. Um, actually, Ray is a member of the University of Miami Hall of Fame and the State of Florida Hall of Fame. And Ray Bellingham was the first black student president at the University of Miami. Man, Ray, welcome to our show again. Thank you for part of being a part of our show. You know, Ray, I've, 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 I listened to your Hall of Fame speech on the Internet the other day, and it was so touching, man. I stood up and was clapping for you while I, after I finished watching it on my iPad. Man, you really touched me in a special way. And, uh, and that wasn't the first time that I've been touched with the way you talked to me and the and, uh, way you've been, and been an inspiration. But, Ray, I want you to share... With us, I, I can only imagine how hard it was in uh, in 1967 um, getting to University of Miami and being the only black player on the team. But you said in your in your speech in your Hall of Fame speech how some athletes from other states, being the first athlete black athlete on that team, it was just too too tough, and they couldn't they couldn't um, they didn't make it in one way or another. Could you touch on that a minute? Yeah, well, well. F- first of all, I, I want to say that uh, whenever I address that issue and what you are asking me, I have to give the University of Miami a lot of credit. And the reason being is because in order for anyone to be successful, maybe you, me, or anyone else, you have to have the support of others in order to do that. And the University of Miami gave me the support that I need and looked after me. There were times when uh, they wouldn't tell me things until after the fact. And they had to call the FBI in. And the FBI had to stand by my door all night to make sure that no one came in to hurt me. 
So it was a lot of things that took place at that time. Uh, and it wasn't easy for anyone because the first thing that they was concerned about is was I going to get in any trouble there? Even though they had done a lot of background check on me and my family, they still had issues in trying to come to the realization that I was the one to be able to do what they needed done. And they didn't just pick me. What they did is they had already done all kind of background searches before they ever came to me and offered me a football scholarship. So if you can imagine the first time I arrived on campus at the University of Miami, um, I got there, I flew into Miami International Airport, and they picked me up, and they took me to campus. And when they took me to campus, I went there, and uh, I was all turned around. I didn't know how to walk from, uh, and I can say this because you were familiar with the place. You went to school there. I couldn't walk from 36 to the football field because I didn't know my <laughs> way around. I couldn't yeah. walk from the student union to the football field because I was still trying to find myself and trying right. to find everything geographically there. And I was walking across the campus trying to get the football practice, and a police officer stopped me. And he wanted to know what was I doing on campus. And he started asking me what was I doing out there and to show him some identification. Well, obviously, I didn't have no identification except the identification of my high, well, my high school drive, well, my driving license and my high school ID. That's about it. And I didn't even have that with me. It was still in my room. I was just trying to get the football practice. And I was walking across there. And so he demanded that I show him some ID. And uh, I had an opportunity to be crazy or to think this thing through. And so I decided that, okay, this guy is out to harass me. But I'm not going to get involved in any type of exchange with him. So I said, sir, I said, uh, would you be kind enough to, 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 well, I asked him, did he know where the field house was? And he said, yes. And I said, would you be kind enough to show me where the field is and to let him know that I wasn't afraid of him, I jumped in the car. He didn't tell me <laughs> I got in the car, and the reason I got in the car is I want him to know that I don't have anything to hide, and I'm not running from you, so I got in the right. car. Wow. And uh, when I got in the car, uh, he was kind of like stuck with me because, oh, this guy done got in my car. And I got in the car, and he gave me a ride to the football field. I never said to him who I was, I never tried to explain to him. I did not have any exchange with him. And when he rolled me and I got in front of the football field, I got in the car and I say, sir, thank you very much. And I walked right on off. And the last time he saw me, I was walking with my back to him inside the field house to go get undressed and get ready for football practice. Now, here's the amazing thing. The very next day, there was an article on the front page of the Miami Herald about who I was and what I was and what I was doing there. So I have to tell him, right. he's able to figure it out. <laughs> and a lot of times you got to utilize your analytical mind in order to keep yourself out of sticky situations. I mean, no one said that you had to scream and yell or fight with someone in order to get yourself out of a certain situation. What you have to do is you have to think your way through it. And that's what now. Now, I could have got into an exchange room and gotten screaming and yelling and could have maybe got myself shot 
or I'm even better than that, got myself taken to jail, or even worse than that, has got myself in trouble where the University of Miami decided that I wasn't the right person and that they need to let me go and been sent wow. Exactly. So, you know, 19... You, the, 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 I, I say to young people that they have an obligation and responsibility to think about what's happening to them and don't just be in the reactive mode. Think about what's going on. Think about what are the potentials there and think about what can you do to don't create any harm to yourself or anyone else. That is so true, Ray. You know, and, I, and I'm constantly telling my daughter the same thing. You know, we really... We really have to be conscious of what we say and how we say things. You know, presentation means everything. Don't body Absolutely. language screams out at people. You know, the way you present yourselves means so much. You know, and we get a whole lot more with honey than we do with salt or spitting out venom. You know, say nice things to people. You know, I, I, and, I, and I'm really trying to be so conscious of this in my life on a daily basis that I want people to see that I have love to give. I speak to people and tell them hello with a smile. And you ain't even got to smile back at me now. You know, because I want this world to be a better <laughs> place, like my brother. Hey, we got, we, got, we got Vince on the line. Vince, what's going on? We got Ray Bellamy on the line, the philosopher. Hey, loving this life I got, Vince, every second of it. If I can break it down any smaller than that, I break it down. I had a full question from Mr. Ray. I really respect you, Mr. Ray. And I don't know you. I never met you, but I'm a University of Miami fan for life. And you is my idol. I never had an idol for Miami. Out of all the people I admire came from the University of Miami as a football player, but as listening to you on this show and thinking about it, which I got two questions I want to ask you about before I hang up with you, but you are my idol. I, I really respect what, what you went through, and, and um, I would like, okay, I would like to um, give you a congratulations for you your ability to make us young black people understand what it's like to play for a university of Miami. And every every kid in this world right now listening to you on this radio show, they should admire you for letting them know you thought the standards for being one of the greatest black American guys that ever stepped and put on cleats and shoes at University of Miami. And you deserve that bow. And you deserve that American flag where I was going at with this serve because I wanted to ask you two questions before I let you go. And I'm not trying to be a politics guy. I know you ain't a politics guy, but you was back in when there was politics. So the first question I got for you is, do you see what happened today when all them people got killed today? And then our president sent his sympathy out. But he called Korea and say we got uh, 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 a rocket man over there. But at the same time, the rocket man ain't killed nobody. But at the same time, he don't want to talk to the rocket man. But if the rocket man sends a nuclear bomb over here, he don't kill all the more people that he ever thought of killing. So what do you think of that? 
Well, All right, Vince, um, we'll let Mr. Right. Bellamy answer your question while we talk to you later. We, you bring no politics to our show all the time. Go ahead, Mr. Bellamy. Talk to you later, Vince. Well, well I'm, I'm not. I, I, he was he was breaking up a lot, so I really wasn't able to hear the content of what he was saying. So in order for me to 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 react to what he was saying, I, I really need to first understand what his question is because I uh -oh. could not hear him. He was breaking up really a lot there. Uh, okay. I love to respond, and I love to tell him my position. But but first, I got to know what he's asking. I I really couldn't hear. He was asking. Uh, was, go ahead. Go ahead, was, Vince. I, My question I'm was listening. that thing happened in L.A. today when all the people got killed. Vegas. Yes, sir. Right. Yes. And then our president tweeted out his sympathy, but then you got something in Korea where he didn't kill nobody yet. But at the same time, you don't want to sit down and talk to him. But at the same time, you call this man a rocket man, like you just said, instead of escalating, to avoid the situation, you escalating the situation. And then if this man do send a nuclear bomb over here, he going to kill way more people than 58 people that we feel sorry for. You feel what I mean? And that's what I yes, was saying. Yes, I'll hear you. I, I okay. Thank, well, thanks, Vince. In actuality, I think that that's a, a, a really a loaded uh, situation there. And I, I think that uh, this, uh, this gentleman, Mr. Trump, uh, that made comments and say things, uh, in my opinion, he's not really a politician. So he's not polished. There's a lot of people that would articulate themselves a lot better than, than the way in which he go about things. And in some ways that could be good, in some ways that can be bad, but it is what it is. And you got to remember also that this man did not win this election by someone uh, not voting for him. Somebody voted for this man. And I think that one of the things that you got to understand is that, and I've said this before, and this is not going to be a very popular comment I'm going to make here, but I'm being as honest as I can. Uh, you got to take a look at our country. You got to take a look at our citizens. Uh, there are a lot of things going on, and uh, having been the first black athlete, I've seen this thing firsthand. It's a lot of people are uh, in the closet. They don't want their position, their real position, to be known. And you might want to call these people cowards. And I hate saying that, but it's just the truth. These are people that make decisions and hide their hand. Now, that man didn't win this election by himself. Somebody voted for him. So you, if you're having issues with him, you need to look at the American public because the American public is who made the decision to elect this man. I don't like a lot of things that he said. I don't like a lot of things that he's doing. But we, as a country, decided to elect this man. And now we got this man in office and this man is doing things that are totally different by our standards as to how things have been done in the past. And so we didn't expect that. And so now all of a sudden we're getting more than we voted for. <laughs> and I think that's the issue here. I don't like some of the things that he's doing. I don't like some of the position that he's taking. But the American public are the ones that made that decision. And then in the process of looking at this, you got to look at where we are and what was going on. And, you know, I'm getting serious 
with when Mr. Obama was president of this country. You know, uh, Mr. Obama didn't please everybody. Mr. Obama no. wasn't somebody that everybody embraced and loved. There was people that had issues with Mr. Obama. Now, some of those issues was because of uh, his policies and his position and what he was thinking and how he was going about doing things. So you have to be real careful. What I do, and I try to stay aware of the things that are happening in and around me, and I try to do an honest assessment of what really is going on with my mind, not with what anybody else tell me, not being influenced by anyone else, and I can go and say that Burgess Owens had something to say about that on CNN. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I he saw said it. that one of the things that was really disturbing for him is the fact that people that are in power are utilizing the black race in order to maintain their power and in order to stay there. Now, that's almost a direct quote from him. And you have to look at that and think about what's being said there. And I say that to say this. In order for you to really evaluate and look at what's going on with this gentleman and what's going on in our country, you have to look at what the facts are and where he at and then make your own mind up as to, you know how you go through a bag of, of good as you have, and you sort it out, and you got some that you want to keep, and you got others that you need to throw away? Yes. That, that's the exact same thing that we got to do when we start to assess what Mr. Trump is doing in the position that he's taking. Is we have to go through and sort it out and say, okay, to me, not to Daryl Oliver, not to Vince, but to me, Ray Bellamy, this is my position. This is what I don't like. And be a, do an honest assessment and then take your position. And I think that's what we have to do. And if you want to be upset or be concerned about where we are with our government, federal government in the political arena in our country, look at the American public because they made that decision. Exactly. And I think we so often lose track of that way. You know, we really, we really lose track of the American public. And we still have a lot of people in America that like the things like things the way they were, not the way they are. And the mm-hmm. problem with, with sometimes some things just don't slow down. They just keep going and going and going and moving and moving and moving. And this life that we're living in America, it's not going to slow down for anybody. It's going to keep going. And that doesn't mean that they're going to that that people that like the way some things are. And that's, that's not going to mean that they're going to change their, their opinion. And I think some kind of way we all have to find a medium in this whole thing. I don't know how it's going to be because I, 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 I don't know how it's going to be, but I know that it's some people that we go to work with, we, work, we talk to in the grocery store, and they definitely have different views on how I am as an American and how they are as an American. Hey guys, we're going to be right back on the Sports Info Show after this message. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info. Hey, we got Ray Bellamy on the line. Ray, tell me, after catching 37 passes in 1968, man... How, how how was that? Um, only a sophomore at the University of Miami, 37 passes. You know, I think Michael Irvin caught 47 his freshman year. And that was actually his sophomore year because he was a redshirt. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I tell you, uh, the thing is, is like, you got to keep in mind also, Miss Oliver, at that time, they was not throwing the football a lot. But I know. they felt like they could come to me. They, they had a go-to man. They could... Uh, uh, a, a lot of people don't realize, and, and I, I didn't either, uh, some of the things that I did, but uh, Michael Irvin and I are really good buddies, and we talk to each other quite often. And uh, Michael used to cut my hair when he was a student at the University of Miami. I used to come out, <laughs> and uh, Tracy Waiter was his roommate, and Tracy Waiter is from my hometown. So You know, I remember that, you know, Ray. I used to go there and he'd cut my hair. You remember Tracy? I, no, I remember you coming out, coming out, coming to the University of Miami, getting your hair cut. I, yeah, and oh, I know Chase was in the backfield come out to the University. Yeah, and Mike used to cut my hair and stuff. And, and yeah. I just want to tell you, I, I want to say this to you: uh, Michael was a heck of an athlete and a great competitor, and uh, I would have loved to have competed against him to try to win a job, uh, because like that would have been the ultimate. Uh, when I was a, a student athlete, Miss Oliver, I was six four and three quarters, right at six five. 
Uh, and the problem that Michael would have had in dealing with me, and I love the guy, he's a great athlete, is I ran a full full. Okay. So I had, uh, you know, uh, uh, the size and I had foot speed in order to compete. And I watched Michael Irvin play the game. What a tremendous, outrageously fine athlete. And yes. I, uh, you guys are my trophies. The things that you all did out there, you know, I didn't worry about what I did with when I was playing the game. I mean, I appreciate the fact that you guys look at it and uh, realize that there must have been some work done there. Uh, but you can only be an athlete and really understand what you go through out there in order to be on the field. And this was not a planned event, what I'm going to say next. Miss Oliver, and I told you this, I used to watch you play. Okay, and when I used to watch you play the game, uh, and any athlete that's a competitor, he look at guys that are on both sides of the line of scrimmage, and he admire how they work. Well, I watch you work, and there have been a lot of great banks at the University of Miami, a lot of them. But you were one of my favorites because of your work ethics. I used to watch how you sit back there and how when you went with the football, how you attacked the line of scrimmage. Now, just so happened that you was on the offensive side of the ball. You wasn't a wide receiver. You were back. And I admired how you worked. Then I watched Johnny Swain. Now, Burgess was my roommate. And he and I was really close. And I played against some outstanding uh, people in that secondary. But I loved Johnny Swain. Johnny Swain was one of the most gifted and hard-working guys that I've seen. And I've seen the guys with a hell of a lot more talent. But I've yeah. never seen anybody work any harder than you two. And wow. y'all didn't even know it for years how much I admired you all and how much I really respect you for your work ethics. Yeah. I say hey, all that to say this. When I was in school and when I played the game, I went to work every day. And that's what you got to do if you want to be out there and if you want to play you got to go to work every day. I every never day. not go to work. Every day I stepped out on that field, I was out there to put in a day's work. Hey, Ray, we got a call on the line. Dr. Kotler, how's it going? We got Ray Bellamy on the Sports Info Show on the VoiceAmerica.com. How's it going? Going great. Going great. Thank you for uh, taking my call. Yes. I, I was just, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ray Bellamy being the uh, first, Afro-American athlete to get go on scholarship in the Southeast. Um, he uh, had a, a number of um, things to overcome, and and he, I think, saw uh, some racism at its worst. What I'm and and he weathered it and went on to become the student body president of the University of Miami, and has done great things in life. And I'm just wondering how he would compare what the athletes are going through today versus what he went through. Because it seems like the protests and the things that are going on uh, with the NFL are are such that it's uh, um, after we've come so far, um, and not to say we don't have further to go, but after we've come so far, uh, it, it seems to me that we're taking things backwards. Go ahead, Ray. Okay, well, uh, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you for calling. 
I appreciate that, and I want to say that I hear you. And um, I, I, I think that today's athletes uh, are, are tremendous athletes, but I don't think that they really understand what's actually going on in the world. I don't think I think that they are students of the football game, but I don't think they're students of life. And I think that's important. You need to be students of life, and you need to understand how the world works and what you have to do in order to be a contributor. And I would break it down and say be a taxpayer rather than a tax liability. So from that angle, uh, they're working, and they don't have the the mindset that we had when we went to school, we were hungry. And when we went to school, we didn't have an option. You couldn't fail. You had to get it right. If you didn't get it right, then you failed forever. And for you failed for a lot of people. Yep. You failed for a lot of people too, though, Ray. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, when I went to college, it was not a question whether I I was going to fail because if I fail, I let my dad down. I let my mom down. I let my grandparents down, my cousins, my uncles, you know, and, 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 and not only did I let them down, but how about those people that when I left town, they were telling me, oh, you'll be back. You ain't going to make it. You'll get down there. You'll get down there. You'll get homesick. You'll get caught up in something. We'll see you in a couple of months. You know, how about them? I had to make sure they come back and look them suckers in the face. You understand what I'm saying, Ray? So, hey, man, it's it's a whole lot. It's amazing amazing. because, uh, you know, uh, uh, a lot of times when I'm in school right now at Florida A&M and young people come into my office, and we have an exchange. And I say to them, it's amazing that you said that. I say to them, I said, when you left home, what did you tell the people you were doing? They say, I told them I was going to college. I said, and you come up here and don't go to class. Don't go to class. Don't, don't go, go to class. To, don't now, go that's to a class. recipe for, for disaster. Right away. But right I, I want to go back to, I want to go back to what Dr. Cotler was saying there because he's saying some things that yes. I think is important, and I think that we need to shed a little light on it. Uh, he asked about the comparison between today's athlete and uh, 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 athletes of the past. And I guess, uh, unfortunate, uh, I, I have to say that I'm an athlete of the past, <laughs> and there are certain yes. things that came along with that. Yes. One of the things that came along with that was an obligation and responsibility to re- reflect positive, not just on the University of Miami, but also as a black, the black male, and at the same time, all people that frequent the University of Miami and that had a hand in the pie with the making of Ray Bellamy. Right. And I say that because, like, uh, there was a lot of contributors. Uh, as a matter of fact, Burgess, David Makepeace, uh, Doc Kotler, uh, and many others. Uh, I, and, and I cannot leave out Dr. Henry King Stanford. Okay. And those people, there was a lot of time, Mr. Oliver, when I was, you know, not happy and, and I was leaning toward going into depression and worrying about certain things. You know, when somebody's hitting you when the play is over. And then uh, when I was in school, when I first went there, they used to write, uh, nigger go home, you weren't wanted here. And yeah. they, they, did, they weren't very smart because they didn't know how to spell nigger. They spelled it with one G, so it was. 
know, so that was something yeah. to be fair. But I actually lived through that. But I yes. had people around me. I had people around me. And Ms. Oliver, I mentioned it to you before. I had people around me that made a difference and said something uh, that uplifted my spirit. And Burgess uh, was one of those guys. Michael was one of those guys, Dr. Carla. Uh, also, uh, of course, uh, Burgess uh, and uh, Dr. Henry King Stanford, who was president of the University of Miami. Not once okay. ever did he waver his commitment to me as a friend. He mentored me, and we remained friends from the day uh, we got to know each other until he died 2009 on New Year's Day. Wow. And that man did so much. And, uh, you know, it's really amazing because uh, all the uh, young blacks that came after me, they might not be young to a lot of people now, but they were young at that time. And they all loved Doc Stanford because wow. of what he did. And so the black athlete today, compared to what we did, uh, is totally different because uh, now uh, I never went to school with a white kid. I never played football in high school with a white kid. I never uh, seen anyone but all black everything. And now these kids have been going to school together, which is a good thing. They've been going together, going to school together ever since they've been little kids. And so now one of the things that make a great strive in our lives is like they know each other now. And they live next door to each other now. And they share a sandwich. And they share a conversation. And they share a ride home. And they share the back door and backyard athleticism, playing with balls or uh, throwing the football or hitting a golf ball. They share these things. Those things was not shared uh, when I came along with blacks and whites doing things like that. Now, ironically, uh, I did have that kind of relationship. My family lived way back on a farm off Cortez Road right on the Gulf of Mexico in Bradenton, Florida. And we live way back there on the farm. So didn't know blacks live back there. And so all the kids that I encountered when I was growing up as a little guy when they came out was all white kids. And it was a tomato field and, and it was watermelon field and it was cucumbers and it was beans and it was cabbage, whatever we had out there. And when you came out there, we played rough. And it didn't matter what color you were. Right. You know, if you came out there and we was throwing tomatoes, you got a duck because if you didn't, you got inside your head. And, 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 and that was the one thing that I had going for me when I went to the University of Miami is because, like, I was probably one of the few kids uh, in uh, my community because, like, when we moved from there to the black community, you know, I was, like, in the fifth grade. Wow. Fourth or fifth grade when we moved. And yeah. before that, I didn't have no neighbors. My neighbors right. were the woods. Right. My neighbors were the fish and the, and the rabbits and the raccoons <laughs> and the possums. And I never uh, really had any neighbors except the man that family owned the land. Yeah. So it was a, 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 a totally different package. And I guess the black athlete that uh, come along uh, after me 
The difference is pure economics. Pure economics, without a question. Right there. That's a huge difference. You know, and Ray, Ray, we got to continue this conversation. We ran out of time. Man, I'm, I, I wanted to let you go, but I just couldn't let you go. And Ray, I tell you, man, sometimes I think back now when I grew up in the 70s and the 80s, and I look at things now and the economics of the life that we live, and I, I sometimes break it down. It's not always black and white. It's about the economics in a lot of situations. Hey, Ray, thanks for calling the show. Thanks for being a part of this show. And we'll come back the next time and talk more about some of these stories that you have to tell us about the 60s and 70s in Miami and Florida. <laughs> well, thank you I so tell you much. What, what, I, I went fast, didn't it? Oh, didn't it? Wow, it went so oh, fast. Oh, great. It went fast. And we were just getting into the meat of it. But, Mr. Oliver, I, got it. I want to say this uh, to you. I got an idea, and, and we'll have a chance to talk about it later. But there are, sure. there are some things that I tried to put in place for the show at the university. And maybe we can do something together and have a chance to expand upon some of the stuff that we would like to share with the public and, and, and be able to entertain their questions because we just don't have enough time to do all the stuff that we would like to do in order to feel comfortable with having given them a chance to ask what they want to ask and get an answer that make them feel somewhat relieved that they was able to ask it. Hey, Ray, we got to close, but hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, man, thank you. I appreciate it. And Daryl, anytime, just let me know. I know, and we will do it again, and we're going to go in-depth a little deeper, Ray. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Hey, guys, you've been listening to Sports Info Show, and we had Ray Bellamy on tonight. Thank you, guys. Good night. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.